Hi everyone, Derek Vita here, with a quick note before we start. For the month of September, UX Soup is contributing to a charity fundraising drive, and we hope you will join us. The Royal National Institute of Blind People, or RNIB, does fantastic work toward fostering equality and independence for blind and partially sighted people across the United Kingdom. To support this important organization, this month Lisa and I are running in Marathon Mates, a virtual team marathon event as Team UX Pain Points. Lisa and I, as Team UX Pain Points, will split the distance of a marathon, 26.2 miles, between ourselves in September, with a goal of raising 150 pounds, or about $200, for the Royal National Institute of Blind People. If you would like to join Team UX Pain Points in our mission, please consider donating this month to the RNIB. You can donate and track our running progress by visiting our charity fundraising website www.justgiving, all one word, dot com, forward slash team, forward slash UX pain points, all one word. We'll also provide a link from our show page, ux-soup.com. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show. and welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a research and consulting firm providing our global clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I am Chris Schreiner. Derek and Lisa have the podcast off today, and instead I am joined by two very special guests. Uh, first, making his return visit to UX Soup, the Vice President of our UX Innovation Practice at SA, Kevin Nolan. Hello, Chris. It's great to be back. And also joining us is automotive guru and director of our in our global automotive practice, Roger Longtoe. Roger, welcome. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. So what we're going to talk about today, we have an automotive-focused podcast, and we're going to talk about V2X, and we're going to first try and explain what V2X is, and then talk about some of the uh, UX challenges and technical challenges that V2X faces before it gets into our car. So, Roger, I want to start with you. Could you explain to us in very simple terms what V2X is? So, the concept of V2X was originally conceived, I would say, more than 20 years ago using some spectrum that was set aside to enable cars to communicate directly with, with each other at very low latency, in other words, in, in such a fashion that they could signal their location and their direction of travel with the idea that collisions could be avoided and other cars could be notified if, if a car was going to violate an intersection, coming across a lane, with the ultimate vision being that initially be a an alerting mechanism, but ultimately it would take control of the, of the vehicle at, at some point in the future. So the, it actually was setting the stage for some automated driving capability down somewhere down the road that was yet to be defined. But the problem that emerged with this was that in, in trying to bring anything thing like this 
to passenger vehicles, it required quite a bit of standard setting activity, quite a bit of testing and validation. And that process took 20 years. And by the time that process was concluded, and it was a great idea that we want to avoid collisions and also set up this kind of communication back channel that could convey a lot of other information that might be useful. And maybe even a grander vision was that we would no longer need road signs or variable message signs along the highway, no more speed limits. Maybe at some point in the future, you wouldn't need traffic lights, that everything would be communicated wirelessly to the car. So it was a grand vision, but in the end, along came cellular technology in the form of advanced forms of LTE, where CV to X entered into the conversation. So you had communications enabled between vehicles and between vehicles and infrastructure, actually, using the cellular connection that was already going into the car. So that sort of opened up the conversation and changed everything. So what examples of V2X do we have on the road today? So V2X technology is available in Toyota vehicles in Japan today. And it's in some cars, but it's not well understood. And I've even sat there in dealerships in Tokyo and had dealers struggling to explain it to me with an interpreter, of course. Maybe you need two interpreters to, to understand what the, the dealer is actually talking about because it is not really well comprehended yeah. uh, by the consumer. Yeah, we've, so, done, we've done some research looking at dealers and how automakers communicate with the dealers to communicate to consumers and all the breakdowns there that leave consumers not quite knowing what they have when they drive off the lot with their car. And, and, and Cadillac introduced it in one model and it creates, in essence, one hand clapping. Uh, one car has this technology, so in order to experience the glories of this technology, you have to encounter the same car from the same model year or, or newer that has the technology. Uh, the only other thing that comes close is what BMW and Daimler did with at the very highest end of their offering, which was a vehicle-to-cloud-to-vehicle communication capability. So uh, there's, there's not a lot out there, but the, the promise is V2X, vehicle-to-anything, a real internet of things experience that that's that's the vision and it's a it's a glorious one and it's intended to be a life-saving one so kevin let's turn to talk about the consumer for a bit obviously there are some safety benefits with v2x could you expand a little bit on what we see is going to be most important to consumers yeah, absolutely. So uh, as Roger says, yeah, the, the, the key angle here is safety and uh, predominantly avoiding collisions between different vehicles. Roger already uh, mentioned uh, intersection safety management. These will be the kind of primary use cases. If a vehicle jumps a red light, then the, the other vehicles um, that are equipped will, will understand that and can react accordingly. As we move further, and there's, of course, questions of technical capability and user acceptance to be um, asked, but once we move further, things like um, the ability for the vehicle to override the driver, potentially with 5G capabilities, this network can react faster than a human brain can in terms of reaction speed. So one can imagine a crash at an intersection just ahead and all of the vehicles being overridden and everyone slows down to avoid piling in and creating one big pileup. Or indeed, 
it's not just simply vehicle to vehicle, as Roger says, it's vehicle to anything. So with um, this technology built into smartphones, you can detect pedestrians, so a pedestrian crossing a crosswalk, looking at their smartphone rather than paying attention. The vehicle could be able to understand that and react accordingly. The use case scenario that was most frequently raised throughout the development process of VTX technology was the black ice proposition, where a car detects black ice by virtue of its sensors, the slippage in the wheels, and it immediately communicates that to all the cars on the road following or even approaching from the other direction. And imagine this as an enhancement to your onboard navigation system. So the onboard navigation system is getting local traffic information, but it's not capable of getting real-time communication about a crash in the road ahead or some other kind of obstacle or even construction, or as I said, black ice. So that's the goal, safety on the road, life-saving proposition. Of course, this is a very complex technology to implement. Roger, can you just touch a little bit on the biggest challenges that the automotive industry and municipalities are, are facing in being able to put this together? Well, this gets a little bit at the heart of the, the debate between CV to X and 5G technology versus DSRC, because the DSRC community will say, we, are, we have a solution we've been working on for over 20 years. It's ready to go. It's time to implement this. And the 5G side of the conversation is, we need to be putting something in the car that's going to have some longevity, that's future resistant, that is prepared to evolve as, as needs change. And so the challenges in bringing this into the car, there are some technical challenges, as I said, power management, et cetera, and some standard setting activity that still needs to take place. But for me, what I find is almost never gets discussed is what's the user experience of this? Because consumers have never had the experience of, of cars, other cars on the highway speaking directly to their car. And what do I do with this information when essentially the information is going to be coming omnidirectionally? And ultimately, this technology will self-organize intersections, actually, maybe two or three years from now, that capability will be built into 5G with something called sidelink technology. Cars coming to an intersection will create kind of a group and you will get instructions as to who is to proceed first through an intersection. That's a little further down the road, but translating that into driver interactions in the vehicle that can happen very quickly without confusion, to me, that's a very big challenge. Yeah, and of course, the automotive industry sadly has not been the greatest at uh, providing a great user experience for new technologies. Just looking at uh, semi-automated vehicles, of course, Derek, our group has evaluated a lot of those park assist and traffic jam assist and highway driving autonomous systems. And the communication of, of what's going on uh, isn't very good a lot of the times. And so to take this technology that is difficult to convey to the user and then put it in a way to communicate with them exactly what's going on. What, if anything, do they need to do? Why is this happening? Uh, it's, it's a huge challenge, obviously. I'm thinking in terms of universal symbols and universal interfaces. You know, it's been a long time since 
we got into a car and the car radio was there and it looked the same in every car. Those days mm -hmm. are gone. And how can that, what, what is the V2X experience that will appear consistent from car to car and be readily apprehended by the consumer? Yeah, I think there's um, always going to be a tension for product designers and for user experience designers between differentiation and creating a differentiated experience that excites uh, the user and these, this kind of standardization that you're talking about, uh, Roger, which is inherent to safety, to learnability of the system. So this is a, a perennial challenge for UX designers. But as Chris says, I think if we look at the scorecard to date of the automotive industry, it, it really is not good. Alerts are generally far too subtle, potentially confusing, and the lack of standardization across the board has contributed to that. If we look indeed at the early implementations of this type of technology that you mentioned uh, earlier, Roger, they do suffer from exactly those issues. But also on a higher level, I would suggest that the requirement to have any training of the driver, the owner of the vehicle, by the dealer in itself suggests that the system is too complicated to understand. My early human factors training always suggested that the best user interface is no user interface at all. And one might imagine that the goal for something as critical as this type of safety application should be to have as little cognitive friction as possible for the driver to be able to react to this kind of alert. And even beyond that, we have the broader question of will consumers actually want this? I know, Kevin, you've done some research on that. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Um, when we've done uh, user research, we've found that the uh, willingness to accept these types of technologies is by no means uh, a no-brainer among cons consumers. When it comes to any kind of autonomous or semi-autonomous functionality within a vehicle, um, you have a large proportion of consumers who simply won't accept it. They fear the loss of control. They will say things like, but what if the vehicle takes over and decides to prioritize the life of another vehicle's occupant over my life or my family's life in my vehicle. And these may seem like non-engineering issues, but ultimately, if consumers are going to accept these types of technology, there has to be consideration put in terms of the design and in the, the messaging of these types of systems to overcome this kind of thing. Well, one thing I would say is that in all of the research we've done around uh, autonomous vehicle functionality, when you talk to consumers about life-saving, critical functionality like V2X can enable, they are the ones that consumers most readily accept. So for that reason, I think these are the ones that the industry needs to prioritize and to bring forward first of all, and then perhaps more uh, autonomous vehicle functionality can follow from that. I think the the issue that I've personally experienced and seen, and including in a lot of the work that you have done, Chris, in looking at different systems and some customer clinics, is the over-subtlety of a lot of these alerts for things like blind spot detection, lane departure warning. But that this is the world we're in. We're in a world of alerts and sort of heads-up messages to drivers regarding what the status of the vehicle is. I, I think we're making some progress here. 
the short-term prospect of saving pedestrian lives is perhaps the headline value proposition ultimately in the short run for V2X technology. And I think people will easily understand that, that proposition of look out, you know, there's a person here and uh, detecting that person by virtue of the fact that they, they have their smartphone uh, on them as we almost universally do. Now that will take, you know, a, another year or two before we get to that, the universal availability of that signal from that device. But, but I think the opportunity uh, is significant. My, my personal experience that makes me crazy and has given me pause at every stop sign that I come to is the right turn where you're at the right turn and you look left, you don't think of looking right. And it's actually pretty dangerous. And many Japanese vehicles uh, from Toyota and Honda, et cetera, will, if you're making that right turn or signaling right, will actually show you a camera image from that side of the car. Uh, so now we can enhance that with a detection uh, function uh, as well uh, in the future. So it's a, it's a big opportunity for, for communicating information to the driver. Big opportunity, definitely a very complex topic, and it's hard to to cover it completely within the confines of a podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think we we did a pretty good job there. Um, but uh, saying that, we do have a webinar coming up that will delve a lot deeper into this. It's um, on the seventeenth of September, and um, it's free to join. And anyone who's interested can sign up at the following URL. It's v2x.sa-ux.com. So again, that's v2x, the number two, dot sa-ux.com. Thank you, Kevin. One more big point I want to make, and we'll get we'll delve into it when when we get into that webinar later this month is that for the first time that wireless connection in the car is required for a, a safety application, for a collision avoidance application. Whereas in the past, we've uh, used that wireless connection to summon a response at a crash scene or to stream audio content into the car or get diagnostic data or track the vehicle. The fact that the wireless connection is going to help us avoid collisions and save lives. That's a game changer for the industry. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Roger, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. That's all for now. Thanks very much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or just want to know more about our work, please email us at uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com. A reminder that UXSoup is sponsored, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile automotive and the smart home by visiting our website, sa-ux.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn through visiting our show page. Our show page is at ux-soup.com. Also, please remember to subscribe to UX Soup on your favorite platform, where you can also rate and review our show. Thanks again. Bye for now.